Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Welcome to Been There, Done That on Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. I'm Chris. And I'm Gordon. And I'm neither. I'm Phil. Oh, <laughs> I'm not Chris or Gordon. Oh, fair enough. How well, very we... sensible of you. Otherwise, it would become confusing. Well, we'd say, good morning, Chris. Good morning, Chris. Hello, Chris. You, Chris, a bit like that film Rhubarb. <laughs> yes. Where the only word in the whole film was rhubarb. Rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. Yes. Rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. But, but yes. the... And it wasn't entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but then again... That's what they used to have to say. Well, true. To, the people standing on the side. Yeah. In the background. The, the, the extras. extras. As I said before, thanks for being with us. This is our little history program. Sometimes history is uh, quite old and ancient. Sometimes... <laughs> Matches the staff. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's uh, things that have happened in the the last 48 hours or something. And we we might be wise enough to recognise its history in the making so that we can reflect upon it in a few years' time and think, well, I was there at that particular time oh. and I know all about that. Some of those things have happened to us all and will continue to happen uh, in the future. Events will be notable and we will remember them. Or not, in the case or- of President Trump, on any various week this past year, we could say a senior member of his staff has resigned and <laughs> we'd be, be right. Or, or been fired. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, yes. But anyhow, that, don't denigrate the show that much by mentioning that man's name. Let's keep it up light <laughs> yes, and bright. We'll be and only talking Trump in the context of a card game. That's right, yes. yes. Calling it Trump's, yes. Or Trumpery. Use the word Trumpery, which is I use oh, often. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a little no, one to be a trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it, we can save those up for later okay, on right oh, Look, I am so pleased that we will soon be over Christmas oh. Because I'm sick of the carols already The only part about Christmas is that I do enjoy some of the music I have never been a Christmas person Even as a child I thought Christmas was so wrong His middle name is Humbug It was, it, because <laughs> you see when I was a child, it was all advertised as snow yep. and little robin red breasts and some holly and some ivy. In and the English countryside. All the, in the English countryside. And I lived in WA where it was 100 bloody degrees and it was never, ever Christmas. It no, d- well, but at least stupid. we've sort of Australianised it with chocolate bilbies. That's Easter. Oh, sorry, this too. <laughs> Excuse See, it me. just doesn't work at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, they go on sale straight after Christmas. <laughs> we we have um, Santa surfing in Bondi, yeah. which is lame. We shouldn't try, basically. <laughs> we don't have winter at Christmas time. No. And all the fairy lights around on the houses, they're much the same, aren't and they? And none of them turn out to be real fairies. No. There's only fairies in this room. <laughs> well, we have a few fairies in this establishment. <laughs> 
Yeah, but we one of my neighbours who who is from the subcontinent. I think he's got everything covered. He has the Christmas lights in the in, around the thing. He has a Santa in the window and a Buddha in the front garden. I think he's got the lot covered. So I think good on you. <laughs> you'd have a, a dreidel or something too for, <laughs> yes. for Hanukkah. Yeah. yeah, but anyhow. But, but one of the other things that comes along at at Christmas time are those charity muggers mm. with their rattly tins. Yeah, I just walk straight past. If you stop, you get caught up in a conversation and they're quite likely to ask you for your credit card details or something so they can put you on a, on a bit of a list. Now, Phil, you, you tell me something about these. Things. Well, they were exposed by one of the TV magazine shows. And if you actually read the contract that you're signing, you're giving them, I think in the first three years, up to 97% of your funds go to the collection agency, not to the charity. Mm-hmm. That varies over time. And the charities argue that we can't afford to hire staff to go out and raise these funds. So they, I guess, do a deal with the devil and end up eventually... If you stay for 10 years as a donor, more of your money will go to the, the charity. Mm. But the... The guy on the street and his employer are getting your money for a long yeah, well, time. I, I just I, I donate to charities through the mail, but yeah. not never on the street. No, so I give my do- all, thing all direct through, to direct their to bank, to account. bank accounts and whatever. Yeah. Yep, that's yeah. the way to go. I generally mm-hmm. ask if the person is collecting as a volunteer or whether I'm paying their wages. Mm. Most of the time. And you, you get the, two different results from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it sort of makes up some of the things but of course then Melbourne is a world famous city for the um, Maya windows you know that don't you well yeah because they were the very first in the world Maya were the very first uh, shop in the world to turn out all their Christmas goodies and put in Christmas windows like they do wow they were the first the first shop they've been widely copied because but they do it now everywhere you get more attention and more custom that's right by that, not showing products in the window and this is what freddie said when he decided to do it this is freddie Fred. asmussen way way back when and he said you will get more people coming into your store by looking in those windows and he was proven right and of course they copied it in macy's in new york mm. and, yeah. and places in london and everywhere but if you look each year apple will release an ad it can be two minutes long you see it at the movies more than you do on tv mm. And nine times out of ten, there's not one Apple product in it. It's just a Christmas story, it's a Christmas setting, or it's a reunion and such things. It's all. Yeah. It's extremely American soppy, yeah. but it's not hard advertising. It's no, not buy, no. buy, buy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, But it, it's just, it's, it's beyond, it's gone beyond the pale these days. It's just the, uh, just the cash registers to ring. Yeah, just keep ringing the cash registers Well, up. it's a continuous message that's coming out. We need your money or we want your money. Here's an excuse. Excuse number one, two, three. I mean, Christmas will be out of the windows and they'll be selling Easter, Easter eggs, eggs and, or hot cross buns. I can't wait cold. to get some hot cross buns. But, the, but I was reading in the paper the other day that the, um, the people are not buying as much as they thought and there's something like $900 million worth of goods are still in storage that, yeah. that are still there and they're going to be flooding the market at the end of Christmas, I would think. Ooh. Yeah. Sale time. Sale time. Mm. Ready for next year. Yeah, but anyhow. If look, I if don't you... want it now, I'm not going to want it then. <laughs> it's true. If you enjoy Christmas, go and enjoy it. But um, to me, it's just another day. Don't wait for it to snow. Although it has snowed in Australia on Mount Wellington in Tasmania on a Christmas day. How wonderful. Because they were in a, uh, you know, because they're so far 
further south than us, well, and Mount Wellington's fairly high, and it has had snow at a, on a Christmas day. Mm. That's about the only place in Australia you would get it. Not in Uluru? I don't think so. <laughs> Uluru would never have snow. snowflakes it chance in Uluru. May have may, may have done during the last ice age, perhaps, but not not in the latest billion years or so. Not not in this ice age. Yes. <laughs> You're listening to Been There Done That on Joy ninety four point nine. Coming up on the show today, we'll be having uh, some new news from around the world, including comments about a part two of a film that has already been on our screens and entranced a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to listen to find out which film we're talking about. Oh, yes, we might have to mention Mr. Trump again. <sighs> yeah, golly gosh. Oh, dear. Um, later on, we've got a couple of birthdays. Uh, Karen Phelps and Anthony Kalia. Not on the same day or on the same year. And in the last little chat, we hope to be talking about the Galapagos Islands and Sir David Attenborough. Yes, I keep wanting to say rabbit burrow, but that's naughty. (laughs) You're not supposed to say that. That's the trouble when you get into the habit of calling people these funny names. When you have to say it right, you never get it right. But we're going to be spinning around with Kylie in the beginning. Melbourne's lovable radio station, Joy 94.9. A diverse sound for a diverse crowd. Joy 94.9. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Time to get out the newspaper cuttings that we've got oh, for you, gentlemen. Been going hard with my scissors all week. Getting the I cuttings. hope they're those little plastic safe ones with no pointy ends to the scissors. Oh, no, no, no. Do you no. remember those yeah, from, the from school? school? Oh, from kinder, you know, they... No, we, we, we didn't have kinder. We didn't have... We had we had slates to write on with a bit of chalk or something or other. They used to hit each other over the head with a club. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Golly gosh. Now, there's the talk of a film. There's a, there was a wonderful film on that was... Last year, I think it was, and it was called Call Me By Your Name, written by Andre Asiman. And it was a beautiful film, and a really, it came from a beautiful book. I did read the book, and I did see the film. But it was so popular that they have asked him to write a sequel to what actually happened to the two men who were um, fell in love with one another. Yeah. And then went off. one went off to go back to America to be a, a school teacher or a professor or something or other, or continue with his studies. And the um, 15 or 16-year-old boy um, was comforted by his father in the the fashion that you felt that the father was saying to him, good on you for doing what I would have loved to have done, sort of thing. But they separated, though, didn't they? Yeah, but they did separate because one had to go back. They had the the wonderful time in Rome. Yeah, the boy had um, explored his love 
for the other man. That's right, yes. Whereas the father had not is saying, well, yeah, I wish I'd done, done that. Done that, yeah. Which right. was a stunning end to the film, yeah. really. But so now that the, the film was so successful that the, uh, both the stars of the movie have asked him to write a sequel, as has the director of the movie. He would like to see a sequel. So the, it's apparently already written, as the uh, as the man said. He, it, it's done. We've got it all organised, but they're going to be making the film in a few years' time because they want the two stars to age a little bit. Oh, right. Yes, so yes. They so can, it's not a continuous storyline. It's going to be there is meeting a gap. back. They're going to come back together, apparently. From well, the, I don't know how long he's going to wait because Army Hammer has been an attractive man for a long, long time, <laughs> yes. and I don't see that changing. But I don't think... Uh, and no, young Timothy, Timothy is, is so well, beautiful. He, he won't change very much either. He could only probably get a bit more handsome. Mm. Well... That might be quite a turning point if, in fact, he doesn't mature nicely. At the moment, he probably looks like his mother. But as we've seen with a lot of kids, when they go through puberty and into adulthood, well, Timothy's they, change, yeah, 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 they change from yeah. their looking like their mother to looking like their mm, father. I don't well, we've, we're discussing this the other day. We're talking about The Flight of the Navigator, which is a Disney movie from, I guess, the 80s. And there's a little 12-year-old boy, Joey Kramer. And um, I, I Googled his name last weekend, just wondering what he looks like now. And there was his mug shot from having robbed a bank two years ago. <laughs> Not looking very cute anymore. No, no, no. no. no, but, no. Anyway, so there's something we can look forward to seeing. It is, perhaps. yes. So, it was that'll a, probably be on Melbourne Queer Film Festival in a couple of years' time. Oh. If it's not already get, uh, laid down for the major... F- well, they haven't, they haven't started filming yet, and they mm. won't be starting filming for another couple of years, they say. But it's all done. They've got it all organised to do it. And um, it's going to be something to look out for. But uh, he's also going to write a book as well. The book will come with the movie. Yeah. Just a, a side note on filming the original. Army Hammer and Timothy were put out in a field with the director. And the director told them to just make lovey eyes at each other and hug and kiss and roll around in the, the in brass the and all this sort of mm. stuff. And then the director went home. He just left them there for the whole day. And they just well, they did huggy kisses the whole day. They got they got to know one another. Well, very, they, that was very the well. point. Yeah, it was the point. Yeah. yeah, and it comes across on screen. There's they're not two straight guys looking like or two straight actors looking like they're playing gay. There was the look in the eyes that they came they, up they, with. But they they became so so easy and comfortable in their own mm. situations that they, they, mm. it came through on the screen that they do obviously enjoy one another's company. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. as now, did it, we. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see. If that film changes people's perspective or minds or, or attitudes towards same-sex attractiveness or attraction, well, that, or whether the, the age difference is mm. still going to be a problem. I think um, that this film is not going to be viewed by the people who really should have seen it, hmm. yep. the dinosaurs. The interesting part about it is that Andre Asaman is an Italian and um, he's written that the story is set in the north part of Italy and in the latest news from Italy, they have just passed a bill in the parliament to make it harder for LGBTIQ people fleeing anti-gay countries. So, oh, right, so because th- a lot of countries have limits on who can migrate or apply mm. to be mm. a refugee. And there's humanitarian grounds and there's fleeing from war or famine or other things but you can't flee from apparently in the eyes of these Italians homophobic countries yes you can't you would be somewhere like say Iran or Iraq where they mm. where, where it's a punishable by death yep. sort of situation you can't sort of rush off and expect to get a, a bit of um, 
a sanctuary in Italy now because yeah, well, they're not going to do it. The Minister for Family, oddly enough, Lorenzo Fontana, stated earlier this year that gay families, quote, don't exist. Mm. Now there's a brick wall that you're up against. <laughs> yes, true too. Of course, we're talking about humanity there and we just found out today is the... Um, was the founding of the international human rights movement in uh, all the countries of the world got together to um, make human rights a main thing for the rest of the society. And and we do quote human rights, but I think it's like a a lunchtime menu. Yes, I think so. There's quite a smorgasbord of options there, and we probably think that we're pretty good on the scale, but you know, you just got to think about people on Nauru and Manus mm, to mm. imagine well, why don't they actually fit the bill. See, we either don't consider them to be human or consider they have no rights. Mm. Yet yeah. we signed the document. We signed the document, but then, of course, you've got a prime minister that was sort of carrying on about it and. Uh, doesn't want to see anything done about it, yeah. but but he's. Uh, but we go along with the stated fact of everybody is allowed to have their own opinion, hmm. but then we think, oh, what about the poor people in China who seem to be quite comfortable going along with the tide that the the masters seem to have imposed on everybody? Because everything's changing in that country too. Yeah, yes, not yeah. fast enough. People still disappear, yeah. and mm. the what's the saying? The Chinese. Police interrogation is no questions, bang, gone. Yeah. But there, there is some good news coming out as well, you know. But have but you know, just before you start, the Chinese woman who's been arrested in Canada. Hawaii. Yeah, over. Hawaii's. Yeah, uh, getting Huawei. all the, the backwards yeah. toward for getting all the funds in. Hmm. The Chinese want her released immediately. Yes, naturally. It's, what about her human rights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, the, but, but, but the good news is that Thailand have um, made history. Could They could make history because they have a bill before their car- parliament to make same-sex marriage legal. Well, to legally recognise mm. same-sex partnerships. partnerships. Now, yeah. that's... that's it's, the, not, it's not the same thing as marriage. No, it's not connected to the marriage they're bill actually, they're bringing right. in a separate bill to recognize same-sex couples yeah but um as, as one of the um, same-sex people in thailand pointed out any other change of government could come in and just throw the whole thing out because it won't affect the rest of the marriage situation in thailand mm-hmm. but but uh, it'll be interesting if they do do it because they're what, in doing this particular uh, extra bill or extra regulation they're they're creating another class of citizen hmm. second class citizens sort of second class yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's not I mean, if it works, it works because, in, in some ways, Thailand is fairly flexible in their their attitudes towards gender, yeah. and I think the poverty in the country has made them think that sex workers are entitled to earn a, a dollar if they want to by that means. Yeah, but so they they've got a slightly different attitude towards relationships and finance and legality than than we do in but, Australia. But a fairly large gay population in Thailand. Yeah, well, they? they have a huge, huge uh, place in places like Pattaya and, and those places where they, they have a huge transgendered community as mm. well. And they did a few um, series on, I think it was Viceland, on SBS's Viceland channel, about the people... The, of the in Thailand that were the, the transgendered yeah. performers and all the rest of it, and they they had Anglo boyfriends. 
you know, yeah, 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 I've seen the, that yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, that was very, very uh, clever. But mm. it's interesting that the actual Thai families don't consider it inappropriate to send off the oldest, prettiest boy or girl to go and earn to some earn money, the money. Mm. To, to support the family. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's what poverty does, isn't it? Well, it this does. is, a, and that's that's another thing that sort of happened in Australia. Actually, there's been a few of those Thai people have been brought to Australia and worked used as sex slaves which has been another thing that has um, sort of upset the apple cart as well. The world is changing, which is sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. A diverse sound for a diverse community. Joy. You can find more Joycasts in show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. You're with Phil, Chris and Gordon. Been there, done that, Joy 94.9. Well, I talk about politics. Well, I was going to say, wasn't it an interesting last day of the um, federal politics in... Um, and the, it was the, sort of people lined up at the gate and the, the clock turned five and everybody they were was out, out like, the door. They were out there like a rat up a drain pipe. And they, but the, there was one, I think it was um, Corey Bernardi in the Senate. He said, I think these bills should have been, should have been talked about in a... Uh, a single items and uh, all the rest of it, and he said, "And if unless you, and as you're not going to do that, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Goodbye." And he just walked out. And he wanted to go home to Adelaide. And the IQ of the room went up ten points as soon as he walked out. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What's name hadn't left? What Mrs. One Nation, Pauline Hanson? <laughs> she won the um, award yesterday on Insiders. They have an oh, award I... for that was Matt Price that used to be on the show many years ago. And he was there for a long, long time. And he they he used to pick out the funny parts that happened in the year over the, the year of politics and talk about them. And when he passed away very, very young, he finished up with cancer, I think it was, that took him out. And they've called the Matt Price Award now. And they ran through all the bits, all the funny, stupid things that had happened in politics. And the, they said, they and here's the winner. And it was Pauline Hanson saying, I made a decision to say no and then I decided to change my mind and say yes, but I really meant to say no. But, <laughs> so I, I, but I, I never flip flopped. Exactly. <laughs> and it was just so clever, you know. And you think, and Phil and I were talking about the, the Houses of Parliament. In the old days, the Senate was constructed to have six members from each state to look after the state's rights. They don't do that anymore. It's something that doesn't matter because. They just follow the party line right the way through, which or is, find the craziest bunch of independents and throw them in the mix. Yeah, and 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 this is this is the the Constitution of Australia was formed with this in mind, so that the states would have a voice rather than be subject to the, what the uh, yeah. lower house was doing all the time. You know, but the, considering that the central government gets all the taxation, yes, then they've got to hand it out. So therefore, the state governments become the representatives. So the state goes up. Yeah, they have their premier conference. And these sorts of things mm. and begs for money and you've got the infrastructure mob uh, sticking their nose in. And oh. you know, it's almost as though state and federal are doing the same job. Yeah, but the, the, the also that there was um, there was the, the the guy that was came from Tasmania, the independent guy from Tasmania. Wilkie? No, no, no. Who uh, was? He's no longer in Parliament. Oh. But he used to stand out for everything until he got what he wanted for Tasmania, and he was the one of the few that got for his state what he wanted for them. You know, mm. this is the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, we've often talked about Penny Wong being a clear-thinking person in the right place. Defending our rights, or she was going just off alerting, a little. alerting 
the population to things that are not quite right. But she was going off on the last day. She was really tearing into uh, Matthias Corman. Oh, yeah. Yes, she was really having to go at him. And yeah, I, thought, oh, I would, would like to do that myself, actually. Yes, yeah. But then we've got another. We now have another woman in Parliament that's going to raise a bit of... She's started to raise a little bit of uh, wanting the, the children off uh, Manus Island. And mm. it's her birthday, too. Well, 14th of December, 1957, was born Karen Phelps, mm. a general practitioner doctor, a GP. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's a politician. She's been a local politician. Yes. And now she's a representative in a particular seat. In Wentworth, which was yes. never, which was held by the Liberals for the whole of the parliamentary life of the Australian Parliament. It's always been a Liberal seat. And, of course, and when... she won it by a swing of 19%. She had to get and that much. Who was the outgoing He member? was our sort of supposed Prime Minister. Oh, the Prime Minister of the Week? The Prime Minister of the Week, yes. The last one. <laughs> Very quickly, but, but yeah. The but one no. had all these wonderful ideas going in as Prime Minister until each and every one of them were shot down by the party and we ended up with a completely <laughs> That's different right. man. Yeah. So Karen Phelps has actually been the... She was a catalyst, really. Well, she was a catalyst, but she was the president of the New South Wales branch of the Australian Medical Association and then... She became president of the Australian. Of the Australian, exactly. Mm-hmm. And she approached various items of... Um, national health concerns, including the Aboriginal community, medical workforce shortage, <laughs> and environmental say. health, and things yeah. like this. But she's, she was a so great. She's, she's a good thing. She's not quite the politish, uh, political line. No, she's she's um, she did say before this election. She said she was a liberal supporter, mm. and she said, "I'll let you know whether I will stand for as an independent." She was speaking on the drum one night, yeah. and uh, about a week later, she must have decided that she was going to stand, and um, she stood against David Sharma, who has the who was the ambassador to Israel, mm. and. Uh, Malcolm Turnbull took off to go to New York and he wasn't going to have anything to do with it. And that got up the noses of his party because they said he should have been there yeah. spruiking Sharma and all the rest <coughs> of it. And the but people that just sacked him. Yeah, they sacked him. They short sh- memories. Yeah, you, you would think he was Come going to Come and stand. help us, Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, Malcolm, do your best. We've got to get this bloke erected. But, oh, you know, they, they must think that people that around Australia are stupid, I think. I just don't think that they realise how intelligent the Australian population mm. is. Hence the 19% swing. (laughs) Yeah. But Karen Phillips has actually come from a family that's been in politics. Her mother was a councillor for the Pitwater Council in Sydney and Mm. deputy mayor. And uh, her mother was a recipient of the Medal of the Order of Australia. So, uh, um, so they've, they've been, she's been they've been yeah, socially aware, yeah, very consciously exactly. socially aware, you know, and to do the things, the right things. You know, Karen herself has uh, got the Australian Medal. That's she's right. A, she's an AM. Yeah, and she's she's married to her partner. Um, well, she was Stricker. she was married and has That's right. children, children of that marriage. That's right. Yes, but then she found out something was better. She, she met she met yes. the person she of the life. Jackie Stricker. Jackie Stricker, and um, she she was she, she tells the story that was on Australian Story a while ago about how they met and 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 what she felt about the whole thing, and um, they got they had a marriage in New York about ten years ago, well before we could get uh, do it in Australia mm. because New York you could get married, mm. but um, when she came back here she found that there there was not accepted it wasn't accepted in Australia no. their marriage wasn't. 
And um, so were we talking about human rights earlier? Yeah, something like that. Mm, yeah. Sort of bring that up. Yeah, just thanks, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't but, matter, uh, does it? Karen, Karen and her partner Jackie got an adopted daughter, and were the first same-sex non-kin couple to adopt a child in New South Wales. Mm. And and they they had another marriage as well. They they got married again in oh, Australia. They did yeah. Yes, they did. They had a second marriage in Australia, so it's all totally legal here in Australia as well. And I say good on them. But um, she's a woman with great intellect. That woman. And she was a major part of the the Yes campaign for uh, marriage equality. Marriage equality. Yeah, she was up there with a lot of them. And um, it was interesting. Uh, I don't know whether you saw the the TV show, but Magda Zabanski was in it as well. And she she and Karen Phelps are great mates now, apparently. And um, yeah, it's a lovely program about the two wonderful women. Uh, I'm talking about Jackie and and Karen, yeah. you know, because they both complement one another very very well. Mm. You know, they really do. And it's very interesting to see that these brilliant women that are still around and have always been around, but now they're starting to get a notice. And they're powerful women. And they're powerful women Powerful too. positions. Yeah. Well, um, I think it was um, Karen was named one of the 25 most influential people, lesbians in Australia at the time. Yeah. But at some stage she was, in, she was quoted as being that, yeah. Oh, that was on the same, same mm. site, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So there you are. Well, we've got two very brilliant women in politics. We've got Penny Wong and we've got Karen Phelps now. That's so, right. Yeah, one in the upper, one in the lower. <laughs> um, on the 13th of December 1982 was born Anthony Kalia. Yeah, little Anthony. Well, he is a little bit of a short... Yeah, he's only small. He's the same height as me, so you guys just... Sure. You're, you and I are the same height, so what... I'm you? normal height. Everybody else is either too tall or too short. Yes, I agree with you, Phil. Yes. So Anthony is not little, and Tiny Tina Arena is not tiny either. <laughs> and on this subject, Rhonda Birchmore isn't that tall. About five foot But she's six, all yeah. legs. But but she's, well, she's, that's but true. And she always wears very high louis. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad I've cleared that up for the Good, Australian right. population. <laughs> well, we've also got to mention that Anthony Kalia is married yes. to Tim Campbell, That's and right. they are both Joy members. I reckon they'd be singing something at the Carols by Candlelight too in the park somewhere. Oh, I think they, they usually could be. do. Yeah. Try and stop them. <laughs> Try and stop them. Yes. Yeah. But he's he's quite good. He's a good entertainer and good luck to him. Yeah. And a happy very b- nice boy. Yeah. And happy birthday to the both of them. Many one on the thirteenth. One on the fourteenth. And let's hope it doesn't rain on their parade. I wouldn't think so. You're on Joy. I remember when we met before I was invisible. I thought I'd play hard to get. Pretend I'm unapproachable. But somebody else came along and took all the chances that I missed. Stuck on the satellite, I keep thinking there she goes. Falling like. Love Radio? Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Take us with you anywhere. You're with Chris, Phil and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. It's amazing what's happened in the world because a fair while ago there was a guy that was born that decided he wanted to continue with his grandfather's work about the natural world. Oh, you must be talking about some person who 
realised that nature was organised. Yes. It wasn't random. No, it that was... There were families of plants and insects and creatures. And he was named after the capital of the Northern Territory. Oh, he was not so <laughs> They named it after him, you twit. Oh, well, Why? somebody copied somebody. <laughs> Mr Charles Darwin. Exactly. Yeah, but, he, but his father was Erasmus Darwin and his grandfather was Erasmus Darwin and that's where Charles got his... Um, early training as a botanist and um, scientist in the field of the, the natural universe. Zoonomia or the laws of organic life. Mm. Oh, he's not running that fruit shop down the road from me, is he? No. Oh, the organic grocer. <laughs> <laughs> They're a weird mob. Oh, they are indeed. No, sorry. He decided... No, he didn't decide. He was well on the way of explaining biological evolution mm. and... Natural selection, and uh, but some of these ideas had been sort of rolling around the world already prior to him. But it was they were trying to explain it, and gradually the pieces of the jigsaw came together. And uh, Charles Darwin published his controversial uh, Origin of the Species. And you know why it was controversial? Yes, because it had man and the apes. One step apart. No, he was scared that the, it would upset oh. the Christian lob, the Christian people because it was totally against what they were talking about in the Bible, how the world was made in seven days. Oh. And he just realized it was took a lot longer than seven days. Yeah. There, was a, there was a huge thing about pr- publishing it, so he did hold oh, off for a while have, because of the... He should have published it in the US. Yes, that's right. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't have got published, I reckon, well, over there. No, well, well, yes, it would because... Fifty percent there. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't have read it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But but he also he did a tour of the world. He left England and he came to Australia. He passed through Australia and he called into Sydney on his way to the Galapagos Islands. Where and I found out the other night that Galapagos Islands are named after the Spanish words for turtles, Galapagos. And that's where those big monstrous turtles do live. Mm, they're huge, huge. They, and you, you're not allowed to ride them now either. They've they've. Good. They've um, they, it, there's been a show on the um, ABC about uh, my family and the Galapagos, and it's very very interesting. And it's they, about the uprising of turtle rights. Yes, and you can't, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't. They, they, they went along and they showed on one of the beaches all the plastic that had come up out of the mm. sea, and they, it was just enormous. All these plastic items. And then they, the fellow that was with the mother of the two little girls that went with their family, he had a little glass jar, probably a bit like a large Vegemite jar, and it was full of little plastic pebbles yeah, of the broken-down plastic that had come out of the belly of a turtle, oh. of a tortoise or something rather. And then there was another one that, he, that they had, and it was just showed you what the plastics mm. that are going into the, into the ocean are doing. Well, mm. if we can take on a project this week... So everybody go into their local fast food outlet, doesn't have to be one or the other, Mm -hmm. and just ask when they're introducing paper straws. That's right, yeah. Because the the golden arches in the UK are now completely paper on their straws. Yeah. The Scottish restaurant? That one, yes. The Scottish one. Mm. And the city of LA now has banned single-use straws. Yay. Good. So it's not just this little girl up on the northern Queensland coast that's actually doing something yeah, about yeah. all this plastic. But it's surprising how much they've been able to pick off the Australian beaches too. You know, it, it's just... Mm. But I, I tried to use very little plastic. I, even when I go into the supermarket, I won't buy stuff wrapped in plastic. Well, like vegetables and stuff. I just use the vegetables and just put them in my basket, loose, 
take them to the thing and they weigh them and I just take them home. They said, oh, you don't want them in plastic bags? I said, why? They've got skins around them. Just put them in the bag. I'm taking them straight Bananas home. are pre-wrapped. Bananas are pre-wrapped, yeah. I see women, one day she got a plastic bag, one of those little plastic bags, and put one banana in it. And I thought, oh, lady, it's covered in a thing that you're mm. going to rip off and throw away anyhow, but hopefully in your compost. <coughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but Charles Darwin made us aware of nature... Mm. But also David Attenborough did. Oh, he's he's been absolutely amazing about and what he's done. For tremendous the, life that mm, he's mm. led so far, and is still leading. Well, he did a, a conference just a while ago about what we're doing to the to the world as mm. far as climate change and all the rest goes. But it didn't seem to be a lot of impressed people when he was up there really going off, you know. No. And I thought, hmm, okay. Well, you're talking to some dinosaurs there, fella. You know, this change is going to happen or going to have to happen from the bottom because for decades now we've just accepted that we're losing species at an alarming rate. But we're making money and that, quite frankly, is more important. Is it? So, Well, obviously the business. Yeah. So we need, as we're seeing more and more, the school kids to get up and yep. speak and saying, yep. this is our planet too. And get told off by politicians that they should be back at school, yeah. Yeah, well, that shows the trouble shows, that we have in Canberra. It shows the trouble you have everywhere, I think. Yeah. Well, they're governing for the people making profit today, and that's wrong. It's always been the way. So it's what been, we can hope for, years. if we can get back to Charles Darwin, every year we have the Darwin Awards. Oh, yes. Which are a, proof of natural selection in action. Yeah, there's some... The some, people who die in ridiculous situations. Some of those have been doozies, but the, the bloke that tied all the balloons to a... He got so many hydrogen balloons and stuck, tied them to a uh, park bench type thing he had in his backyard and sat on it and took off in the balloons. Yeah. You know what happened to him, don't well, you? Survival he, won, of the... he, he won the Darwin Idiot, Idiot of the Year Award, I think. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've had a couple of Australians uh, basically in the same line of business as uh, David Attenborough. Mm. We had our own Harry Butler, oh, Harry, now, yeah. born in 1930 and died in 2015, but he was an Australian naturalist and controversial conservationist. He used to be on the ABC at uh, once a week or something, rather doing yeah. shows from that quite a while. But and he's very another interesting. one of these Western Australians, sand groper. Oh, well, we can't help it if we've got sand in our toes. <laughs> But he, as a child, he spent a great deal of his time exploring the bush with his Aboriginal friends. Mm. Now, that's a link that's quite important to remind ourselves of because the stories that are coming through from the Indigenous peoples make good explanations. There was an interesting show on the, or interesting mm. bit on the television a while ago about a man that was pointing out that the way the Aboriginals did about the burn off was about the fires in Queensland. Yeah. And he was saying if they listened to what the Aboriginals do and how they burnt off and when they burnt, these things green. wouldn't happen. They burn all the di dry dead stuff when there's plenty of green stuff around yeah. to control the burn it was, it, off. It, it, it's it so it. logical though. They've been on their land. Well they, they don't own the land the, no, they, they belong to, they the, belong land. to the land for what was it 60 to 80,000 years yeah. and have managed to survive without destroying the land We've now, okay we might have to look at our profits and think a bit but there's a lesson there and oh. we're not interested yeah, but that's that's always been the way you see that every colonist colonizing country that's gone in like britain particularly they nearly died when they went to america and the indians had to feed them they did nearly died when they came here and the indigenous people had to show them what to eat well they couldn't understand why just, the lawn didn't grow and the white picket fence fell over mm. 
<laughs> I guess so. It's but just amazing. They as, don't want, as well as exploring nature, he was also very ardent in conservation. Oh, yes, yes. And reinstatement of natural environment after it had been degraded by farming or by mineral exploration, mm. these sorts of things. Because so often people would just go in with a, a bulldozer, rip the place apart, and be just a, leave it alone. There's going to be one of those in Queensland very shortly. They're going oh, to yeah, rip a, the place apart with a bloody stupid coal mine. Exactly. Yeah. If it ever gets a going. I don't think it is. Well, in the words of Joni Mitchell, pave paradise and put up a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, mm. That's right, yeah. But anyhow, but it's, it's, it's just amazing the way it works. The way. But we gradually do get some sort of answer to these stupid questions that we keep asking, don't we? Sometimes we get the politicians that we want that will answer the thing and sort of do something well, about it. Well, they've started to realise that here in Victoria, the general public doesn't approve of the logging of native forests. That's right, yep. Because it's such a gold mine of biodiversity. But they always they, they always think that the they, they have all these small towns that are going to be hard done by if they stop their logging industries and all the rest mm. of it. No. Yes. You plant trees and you go into tourism and you make things that people will come and look at your place where you live. How many people in the cities get knocked off of work every week? Nobody worries about them. But anyhow, something will change. But it's, look at the time. It's almost time for us to say goodbye, you know. All right, but then anyway, we'll catch up with you next week for our... We'll get on our bus and go we, home. And We will, we will. And then uh, over Christmas, New Year, a couple of musical shows gives us a little bit of a time off as well to let our brains rest. Oh, okay, you then. mean that thing? Oh, we we don't, don't have brains in this place. Catch up with you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Farewell. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with Joy. Joy.